If you don't leave, though, Emily will show herself. But Emily doesn't show herself like other entities do. Emily will appear on the wall. Wait, Did you that? see that? <gasps> what? Yeah. What is this? What? Oh my gosh, what's going on? No, no. This is the part that's scary because nothing's happening. Oh! <laughs> Shut up. Oh my gosh. <gasps> no! <laughs> no! That was scary. That was scary. That was scary. It's time for girls and ghouls. Okay, let's talk about it. Oh, hold on. Hold on. I gotta sing us in. Yeah. Here we go. Ah. <laughs> Kristen still has a new mic. Yeah. It's <laughs> she <fun>. loves it. <laughs> it's the best. It's so fancy. It is fancy, actually. It's fancy. I've got this, like, legit podcasting swing arm and all this stuff. It's amazing. It's so so cool. nice. She's, like, legit a <laughs> professional. She gives this 110% every single time. Yep. So good. So good. Meanwhile... I'm over here with my old, old, dusty, crusty mic. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I roll. And your $3 earbuds. The $3 earbuds, because I'm waiting on new ones. Because I got picky. Did you? I did. I was like, I really, really like my headphones. I don't want to get new headphones. So I just spent forever looking for don't laugh at me, a white cord because I didn't want to get a black one and have yeah, it not match my white headphones. And nobody sees it, I know, but I do. And I will be upset about this if I have to look at, like, a non-matching set. I just am I'm a little obsessive compulsive about things like that. It's fine. I just can't. It's you fine. know what, though? I was like that about the mic, and I'm like, I know that nobody sees it. The sound quality, I think, is better but not mm -hmm. significantly better than what mm -hmm. we were using. I mean, we had a, I had a Yeti, you know, and it's a good yeah. mic. Yeah. But as much time as you and I spend talking into these things <laughs> and editing what we say into these things, I was like, yeah. I am going to, I'm going to spoil myself because I yeah. can. And you can, I'll be thankful for it. That's right. Amen. Hallelujah. That's what we do. I mean, we have two podcasts. We do. So we spend about, 98% of our days. About four hours a week, actually more than that because these are always more. So like five or six hours a week recording mm -hmm. and then we have to go edit all of that. So, yep. Not to mention we talk to clients this way and we talk to each other yep. this way and we spend a lot yep. of time talking into these microphones. So they need to be good. They need to be fan freaking tastic. That's right. And if we want our freaking cord to match our freaking headphones, we can freaking do that. That's right. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's how things work. And nobody listening cares. <laughs> nobody listening cares. But if you do care, thank you for caring. Thank you for caring. 
Sharing is caring. (laughs) Yeah, sharing is caring. That's the truth. The honest to goodness truth. Sharing Mm -hmm. is caring. Speaking of which, um, have you shared the podcast recently, friends? If you don't know what you're listening to, this is Girls and Ghouls, and you should be sharing it because, Mm -hmm. because. Just because. Just because. It is November, the spooky season. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what this is? That's what it is. It's the season of spookiness. Dark and dreary. Dark and dreary. This is when the vampires come out. Um, You know, it's just a kind thing to do, sharing our podcast. Yeah. Um, That's really all I have to say about that, because (laughs) you guys know it's true. That's all I have to say about that. That's all I have to say about it. But yes. Hello and welcome. (laughs) Hello. I'm Kirsten. And I'm Erin. And we're going to talk about stuff and things today. That's right. That's right. I was trying to see if we had any new ones, and we don't, guys. We do- Wait, what? Guys? Not on, not on iTunes, we don't. No, we don't have I know we had iTunes. some on Stitcher, but I don't have Stitcher on my phone. I don't have Stitcher on my phone either. Guys, leave us ratings and reviews, and we'll read them here. We will shout you out in your awesomeness. Also, send in your stories, because we would like to put together a compilation of That's your right. paranormal experiences. We'll keep your name out of it if you want us to. It can be totally anonymous. But if you do send us a story, be sure to include your address so that we can send you a sticker. Because everybody loves stickers. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You can email those stories to girlsandghoulspodcast at gmail.com. Dot com. I feel like it was a very, like, you know, like, here are the minutes of our meeting. Like, this <laughs> is right. the agenda. talk about these things. These are the things we are talking about. Yeah. What are we talking about? We are talking about scary things. Scary things, okay. Um, some ghosties, ghoulsies, poltergeists. Yeah, yeah. All that yeah, stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All those good things. Yeah. Awesome. Sweet. Sounds good. I'm excited about all of these things. Um, mm-hmm. also, in in the realm of scariness, do you know what I'm gonna do to my children this weekend? Hmm. Uh, the children didn't know what spam was. Like the meat? Yeah. The potted meat? Yeah. So I'm assuming they're going to have that for dinner one night? I'm going to buy it and make it for them for breakfast. They're going to wake up and they're going to be so excited and it's going to be spam. <laughs> That's so mean. <laughs> I'm so excited. Eat, I used to eat those little Vienna sausages out of the can. And now uh, I see them in the grocery store and I'm like... It's so nice. I used to love those things. I loved them. I did. I don't understand what's wrong with my childhood taste buds, but they were amazing, and now I can't even stand the thought of them. They're just like tiny cold hot dogs. In the juice, though. In the juice. Yeah. So gross. I used to be really, really into pork rinds. (laughs) Do you need the license plate? I need the license plate. Guys, I was behind a guy in traffic whose license plate read pork rinds, P-R-K-R-N-D-S. Like, he either sells them or he really likes to eat them so much that they're on his license plate. I feel like that can't be good for you. Like, that's why I stopped eating them, because they're delicious. They're so good. fatty skin of a pig. But it just can't be good for you. Like, it's (laughs) got to be, like slowly killing you mm-hmm. every time you eat it you're just like one step closer to death mm-hmm. i just i just if you don't know what pork rinds are look them go up. buy a bag and eat them 
I think they're kind of a southern thing, aren't they? Do you have them up there? Yeah, I have them up there. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. We just recently got boiled peanuts up here. Oh, well, now <sighs> you're living. I know. I go to the store and I'm like, la, 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 boiled peanuts. <laughs> Giddy and I'll sit at a table with a bowl. <laughs> yeah, love it. It's, good it's the stuff. best. There's a place when you finally come visit me. I'm going to harp yeah. on that, by the way. Um, here we you, go. <laughs> when you finally come visit me. I'm so sad. She's I have so a sad. bow, but I don't have Aaron. <laughs> Um, there's a place I'm going to take you called Ripe Thing Market and it's in downtown Greensboro and it's the cutest little market and they always have boiled peanuts and they always have ice cold Coca-Cola in a glass bottle. Nice. And it's just so good. I love that place. It's all like fresh fruits and vegetables and stuff from his farm. Oh, wow. The dude that owns it. Yep. It's awesome. I love that stuff. It's cool I love doing place. things like that. Yeah. I like going to the farm stands around here that sell whoopie pies. It's Ooh, always no, like those are good. seasonal whoopie pies that they've, you know, it's some little old lady in her kitchen making whoopie pies. And I'm like, all right, you want me to have this pumpkin whoopie pie? I'll do it. Just for you. Just for you. I almost said this pickle whoopie pie because my brain was thinking about pickles and I don't know why. That would be horrifying. Mark tried to get me to eat one of those damn sweet gherkins last night. And I was like, no. He goes, have you ever had one? I was like, I'm never going to have one because I don't like pickles. I'm not going to eat one. And he's like, it's not going to kill you. I was like, what would you do? What would you do if I finally decided to take a bite of your freaking sweet gherkin and I choked to death and died? He's like, well, I think you were a goober because you choked on a gherkin. (laughs) I was like, thanks, honey. (laughs) He'd be really, he'd be, you know, momentarily concerned. And then he'd probably laugh. just a goober. She well, choked I mean, on a sweet gherkin. She had it coming like, to her. Would you be sad? He's like, well, yeah, I'd be sad. And I was like, I can already see it. He'd be at the funeral and people would be like, how'd she die? And he's like, she's a goober. She choked on a gherkin. She'd put that on your like tombstone. That's, that would be it. She's a goober <laughs> who choked on a gherkin. <laughs> <laughs> can that please go the on end. your tombstone? <laughs> please. <laughs> please. I would pay so much money to see that. Not to see you dead, but to see that on a tombstone. <laughs> Here lies oh so and so. She was a goober who choked on a gherkin. Yes. <laughs> I need it. We can make that a t shirt. It has to be a t shirt. We can put a tombstone on our t shirt. Put that on there. Yes. Yes. That's what I want. That was my. Did yes. you hear that? My chair's chair. doing it too. Making <laughs> all kinds of noise. Oh goodness! It's like man, you want to hear something funny and gross at the same time? I mean, last yes. night we're watching TV, and all of a sudden I hear this like loud fart, and I looked <laughs> at my husband, and he was like, Mm-mm, and he pointed behind him, and it was my freaking dog Savannah that let out like a man-sized <laughs> fart. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it woke her up. <laughs> nice. She was like, kind of like. Blinking her eyes and looking around like, what? What was that? (laughs) She was so confused. (laughs) It was awful. I like when dogs do that and it scares them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Savannah usually scares herself. But this one, she was just like confused. Like, that came out of me. How is this Mm. possible? I don't understand. I'm so dainty and delicate. She's so delicate. She's just Mm. a lady. Mm -hmm. A little flower. (laughs) A little flower. She's such a fat dog. Voluptuous. It's 2018. Okay. 
Okay, Positive. I won't fat shame my dog. Yeah, don't She's fat shame curvy. my dog. She's curvy. She's curvy. Big is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even making fun of her. I'm right there with her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, like I sat I said, down. In the last episode, yeah. she gets more exercise when she's asleep and dreaming than when she does yeah. when she's awake. She's so yeah. lazy. I had to sit down and have a conversation with my cat about how uh, curvy he is. <laughs> All while right. he polished, yeah, he polished off a way too large bowl of food because my child decided to feed the cats for me. Oh. And you know, when little kids they feed animals, it's like here's all give the food, them all the food. And Oliver was like, "Heck yeah!" <laughs> and polished it off. And we had to have like an intervention where I sat down because he was like crying for more. And I was like, "Listen." You have a problem. Like, you have to stop. The first step you know? is acknowledging you have a problem. We can't. And he just walked off. So he's in, like, denial still. <laughs> he's not as fat as some of the cats that I've seen. No, it's true. It's I mean, very true. When I worked at the vet years and years ago, we had two that were our house cats that lived at the vet. And they would always lay on the scale, which I found really funny. And they were... <laughs> freaking massive oh my gosh i mean they were like those big really fat cats that you can't even like they it looks like they have this tiny little leg but it's just because their belly's hanging down so far yes Mm -hmm. yes my mother-in-law had two cats when john and i first met um it was a mother and her kitten that they'd had for years and years and years Mm -hmm. and the kitten patches grew up to be a very voluptuous adult (laughs) And you couldn't tell when she would stand or lower because she would just, it was like, just like, okay, she's got no legs. She's kind of dragging herself around. She's huge or was huge. Um, they're, they both passed away years ago. But uh, enormous, enormous cat. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a cat so large in real life before. And it was one of those times <laughs> where I'm at her house for the first time. We're dating. And... My husband is like, I know you're going to want, or he was my boyfriend at the time. That's so weird. I know you're going to want to pet the cats, but they're very standoffish with people they don't know. He didn't understand that I'm like Mother Earth. Yeah. You know? And I sat down on the floor and both of these cats come out to get pet and loved on, which he was like, what? And then Patches comes over. (laughs) It's like, what is that? (laughs) What happened? That's not normal. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I loved it. But she would try to, like, crawl on my lap, and I'd be sitting there like, no, no. <laughs> so fat. Adorable. She was just, like, a head attached to a circle. <laughs> That's a great visual. Loved it. I think she had, like, a heart attack or something. I mean, she, I don't know why. She passed away first, and it was so sad. But I was, Aww. like, not surprised. <laughs> I mean, like, what did they wow. feed her? Well, that's Everything? the thing. Like, no. Like, Mama Cat was a heavier cat, too, but not, like, I mean, more, like, Ollie-sized. Yeah. Um, And they got plenty of exercise. You know, they lived out in an area where the cats could go outside and play and she they had ran a around the house. thyroid problem. Maybe she did. I don't she know. She may have. I don't know. She may have. Ours at but, the vet just ate too much because they would go in while we were cleaning all the crates and stuff and they'd eat the leftover food that was in there for the other animals. They were humongous. Uh, humongous. One of them would always lay on whatever paper I needed right by mm-hmm. the computer. 
just curl right up on top. Like, you don't need this right now, right? I'm just going to lay here. It's fine. It's fine. Chill here. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other one would lay on the scale where every single client that would come in could see how we treat our animals. <laughs> like, Isn't look that at nice? Our obese cat that we have here at the vet. <laughs> Keep your pets healthy. <laughs> Keep your pets healthy. Yeah. And you probably had the like the animal obesity chart. Yeah. Have you seen those? And then like, like does your dog look like this? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it points. Does your cat this look like this? Because this is not healthy. <laughs> not healthy. Mm. You know what's gotten really insulting about uh, obesity charts? Hmm. They're in my doctor's office now. So when I go in there and I'm like there to talk about like, hey, I'm trying to lose weight. It's like, but you suck. This is what you look like. <laughs> See this right here? It says you are obese. And I'm like, come on. Come on. Motivate me. Don't insult me. I hate it. I hate it. Just just saying. Yeah. Especially because it's, it's like the most unflattering pictures. Like they can't have like the obese, you know, illustration look like she's some semblance of happy because she's living on lasagna and chocolate, you know? <laughs> they have to make her, like, frizzly-haired and, like, hmm, I'm sad, you know? I'm like, that's oh, awful. Like that. It is. It's awful. I have on. seen plenty of women who are on the larger side, and they're beautiful. I know. But the Why can't we put them on there? <laughs> put them on there. Fix Just her hair like, up. Put some makeup yeah. on her. At least make her Just look decent. Because. If you're going to shame her for being fat, at least yeah. make her pretty. <laughs> yeah. Just because there are some extra pounds doesn't mean that people have stopped caring about their appearance. I mean, I have, but that <laughs> that was gone when I became a mother. You know, that disappeared a long time ago before I gained all this extra weight. But it was super nice to sit down and have that conversation with the doctor to be like, okay, I need to lose weight, but I'm struggling and I don't know how. Like, I don't know why it's up and down all the time. And they're like, see this chart? Here's how much weight you should lose for your ideal weight. Look so, how unhappy you are. Look how unhappy chart. you are according to this chart. This is what your body shape is. Thanks. I'm, I'm real glad. You know what's funny to that. me is that I am considered plus sized. Well, you're really tall, though. That's got to be it's it. It's just odd to me. It's frustrating the way that they size women's stuff. Because mm-hmm. I wear an eight in most things, and I'm five. How's that plus like size? A hundred and what am I like? One hundred and sixty pounds, one hundred sixty-five pounds, something like that. But that's considered mm-hmm. plus size. Wow, it's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's got to be because it's got to be because you're tall. Because I'm not in the plus size section. I'm shorter. Than I don't me. shop in the plus size section. But, like, if you look at what they call models for plus size, mm-hmm. they're me. Oh. I'm like, oh, I'm bigger well, than those women. Okay. Well, whatever. I don't care. That's weird. I just. I hate, don't understand sizing. I hate how. Yeah. I don't know. I don't like it. Anyway, that's a different podcast for a different day. Different podcast. Let's talk about <laughs> I could rant body about image. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know what you were getting uh, into today, did you? <laughs> man. So, Man, I, I, I guess we should get scary now that we've I guess we probably should. talked about our body issues. And our fat animals. <laughs> we fat shamed our animals, then we fat shamed ourselves. There <laughs> we go. Fine. The day is complete. That's right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, I think you're first today. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's do it.
Today, we're going across the pond Ooh. to a place called the Ancient Ram Inn. Oh, man. Located in, I love the name of this. I'm going to try not to say it wrong. I'll probably say it wrong because I'm Southern and not British. Watton Under Edge in Gloucester, England. That's a pretty name. That's where it just rolls right off the tongue. Watton Under Edge in Gloucester, England. Beautiful. And see, the Southern in me wants to say Gloucestershire. Right. Because that's how it's spelled, like Worcestershire. Right. (laughs) But it's Gloucester. Gotcha. Just so you know. Yeah. So, the Ancient Ram Inn was built way back in 1145. Mm Mm-hmm. Which just, I can't even... That's so old. ...go back that far in my brain. I mean, that's almost as old as Um, me. I know. It's really old. So old. Um... It was used by priests to house slaves and workers during the construction of St. Mary's Church, which sits directly across from the inn. Um, It's the oldest building in Gloucester. Wow. Still standing, still there. It looks like the oldest building in Gloucester. (laughs) It's pretty ragged looking. It looks beat. (laughs) Um, It looks, yeah, it's worn out. Like, yeah. Wow. It's been through some stuff. Um, The land where the inn is built is on the intersection of two ley lines, L-E-Y. These are places that people believe to have really high spiritual energy. Oh. And when you look at a map of that part of the world, you can trace the lines through the center of Stonehenge to the Ram's Inn. Whoa. So a lot of people believe that the energy from Stonehenge travels through these ley lines and feeds the paranormal power going on at the ancient Ram Inn. Um, there's also supposedly an ancient pagan burial ground Uh that was in that location about 5,000 years ago. Not good. So all kinds of energy going on. Um, the inn was owned by the church until 1930. Then it was purchased by a man named Maurice de Both. It's, uh, it's been privately owned by a lot of different people since then. It was used as a pub. It was used as an inn. And in 1968, it was facing demolition because, let's be honest, it's freaking old. I mean, at that point, it was 800 years old. So, you know, it was time for some renovations. Um, It was facing demolition, and this man named John Humphreys decided that he wanted to buy it. So he bought it for 2,600 pounds, and his family still owns it. He died in December of 2017. Um, he moved in with his wife and his three daughters and very quickly his wife and daughters decided they really didn't like this place. Hmm. Um, there's never, ever been, even to present day, there's never been running water ever. Wait, there's no running water now? Let that sink in. Yeah. Let, there's never been. And let that sink in. It's been a pub. It's been an inn. And he's lived there since 1968. Where's he going to the bathroom? I don't know. Where did they brush I didn't their teeth? Ask. I mean, they have. I think there's like a well or something, so they have to bring the water in. Oh no! But no there's no, no running. No water. no no no. Yeah. No. Um. So, because of that, and because of the weird things that began happening almost immediately after moving in. His wife and children decided that they were not going to live there, so they left, and he refused to leave. <laughs> um, they actually they actually spent a lot of time where they the 
kids and the mom would sleep in a caravan, a van, right outside, right, and John would stay in the house. Okay. Um, his one of his daughters, Caroline. She's now in her fifties. She is the caretaker of the inn now since her father has passed away, and she was the one who, in the most recent years, has been who you would contact to go on tours and all that stuff. So she's kind of been involved with this for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was interviewed, and she said, <clears throat> "When I was a child, I was so scared of the house. I used to sleep in a caravan outside. It was normal for us to see people running out of the house screaming in terror." Once I woke up and found a chest of drawers hovering above my bed before it crashed down the staircase. What? What? Mm-hmm. Um, this, <laughs> this quote appeared in an article on the Daily Mail's website. And the title of the article I wrote down because it was so funny. Don't let the bed bugs and Randy sex demon bite. <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh my gosh. It's a, the subtitle was Britain's Most Haunted B&B where terrified guests have jumped out of windows. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love it. Um, so it's been long since shut down as a pub and an inn. And now the only source of any kind of income really is the random few tours that John Humphreys will give to people. Right. Sometimes he just doesn't answer the door. Like, people will go, and he's just like, nah, not today. Um, okay. He just kind of just whatever. Whenever he feels like it, he'll let you in. But um, there's been a lot of investigations done here, though. He will let investigative teams come in and do their research, and he'll do tours, and he'll tell all these stories about right. stuff that's happened. So <clears throat> um, he claims that there is a succubus in his room. Um, and over the years of living there, he was raped four times. Oh my gosh. Um, and now every time he goes through the house for tours or anything, he carries his Bible with him to ward off evil spirits. Oh my goodness. Carries it everywhere. Um, there is a place called the men's kitchen. Mm -hmm. Don't know why it's specifically called the men's kitchen. I guess back in the day they had different kitchens for men and women, whatever. But in the men's kitchen, uh, there's an ancient grave that was uncovered during an investigation in 1997. Mm -hmm. Um, John said that's where they found the little children's bones. (gasps) He was referring to a group of ghost hunters from nearby Swindon who in 1997 were given permission to tear up parts of the concrete floor while searching for the entrance to a sealed cellar. Instead, they found a grave containing the remains of a woman and child buried along with broken iron shards. The pieces were analyzed by Bristol Museum who conceded that the signs may point to ritual sacrifice using an iron dagger. Oh my gosh, that's awful. And in a strange twist of fate, the ghost hunters were in a car crash on their way back home. Oh, my gosh. Um, John says he was not surprised when they found that. He slept in that spot. He had his bed in that spot before it was dug up yeah. when they first moved in. And he said during the night, something grabbed his ankle and yanked him off the bed. Wow. And he's always felt something evil in that room. <clears throat> There's a um, big basement area that is called the Mayflower Barn. It used to be used as stables, and now it's been walled in. Um, it's kind of a just a dank, smelly, right. wet basement area, unfinished room. Right. Um, 
there was a television program called Most Haunted, and they came to the Ancient Rams Inn, mm-hmm. and uh, they brought a spirit medium with them, a guy named Derek. He was possessed by an entity that told the team to visit the barn, and in this space, beneath the same beams, the same ancient beams, um, one presenter was set upon by an invisible force that threw him to the floor before beating and kicking him. Oh my gosh. And in the program's conclusion, they offered the attack as proof of physical manifestation. <clears throat> wow. There was um, an 18-year-old ghost hunter who claimed that he was also thrown to the floor by an unseen force in that room. Goodness gracious. Um, John has seen strange lights in there, and he's been pinned against the wall. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and he said that he's watched the curtains get torn apart. Wow. Um, there was a father and son team that fled the space after they witnessed, quote, a ghost rising from the floor. Oh, my goodness. While a tall seven-foot shadow has been sighting, rushing through the barn and out the door. Oh, wow. I mean, this place isn't scary at no, all. It's I mean, fine. It's just fine. It's chill. It's good. And we're, we're only two rooms oh, in. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> we're not done. Wow. Um, the staircase. There's this big stone staircase. That goes up to the sleeping rooms. Um, there's an image that I have that I can show you guys. It was taken in 1999. A paranormal investigator named Julie Hunt. She took a picture looking down the staircase. And you can see a like a pillar of a white mist ascending the staircase. Um, there's another guy from UK Paranormal named Mike Driscoll. He reported that he had been shoved down the staircase by invisible forces on no less than three separate occasions. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> I would just not yeah, go Yeah, you just don't I go. I obviously don't like yeah. you. <laughs> One of the bedrooms is known as the witch's room. Um, in the 16th century, there was a woman in the town of Watton under Edge, this, where the place is. Mm-hmm. She was believed to be a witch. She was fleeing her trial, and she took refuge inside of the inn before she was captured and burned at the stake, along with her cat. What? Yeah. Why'd they burn the cat? Yeah. They thought that she had a black cat, so apparently they thought that was part of it. But, oh, um, my God. She... still haunts that room um she'll sometimes just appear at the bedside to anyone who spends the night there um there were investigators from something called the ghost club that um claimed the witch's room had struck them as the most supernaturally charged space in the inn and uh there's photographs of inexplicable lights orbs and shadows there's another picture that i can share in the group that they took of that room and there's this weird creepy black very very dark black shadowy mist thing off to one side oh my gosh um the most active room is the bishop's room supposedly the most haunted part of the building um a lot of guests have come in and out of here a lot of them leave when they stay there they don't like that room um they run out screaming in the middle of the night (laughs) Um, there were reports of furniture flying about the room on its own. And one time a medium was thrown down the corridor when attempting to open the door. Oh my goodness. People have reported seeing spectral monks as well as a plumber who came face to face with the ghost of a mounted centurion. What? (laughs) Dude on horseback. Wow. Yeah. 
Um, a cavalier has been seen appearing by the dressing table before walking across the room and disappearing. Mm-hmm. There's This is really creepy. People have reported seeing a young woman hanging from the ceiling beams. Oh. A shepherd with his dog. And they'll hear the disembodied screams of a man who at some point was killed by having his head thrust into the fireplace. Oh, my um, some people would even say that they felt a presence climb into the bed with them before pinning them down and interfering with them. Oh, my gosh. Um, back in 1999, this Julie Hunt lady and her husband were there again, and, uh, they were the same ones who got the white mist coming up the staircase. Yeah. Um, they said in that room, they got extreme cold spots. Mm -hmm. They watched lights dance around the room that looked like fireflies. And they even have an image of a hooded figure behind the dressing table. Um, John, the owner, says that people have tried to stay there with their dogs, their pet dogs, and the dogs have suddenly attacked their owners in the middle of the night. And two investigators who spent the night in that room later had to go see a priest to be exorcised. Oh, that's... No. No, 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 no. Nope. This is all in one room. (laughs) Nope. Nope. So then upstairs, there is the Weaver's Attic. Um, this is where John's daughter stayed at one point when she actually lived in the house. Um, they would often hear the sounds of heavy chains being dragged across the floor or furniture being scraped across the floor, um, from like inside the room with them, but nothing was being moved. People who have stayed in the Bishop's room just below the attic have also reported hearing those sounds coming from the attic. Um, The Weaver's Attic supposedly is haunted by the ghost of an innkeeper's daughter. She was murdered in the loft sometime in the 1500s. Oh, my gosh. And she named herself to a a medium as Elizabeth. Wow. Um, One investigative team photographed mists, mysterious mists in the attic, and they um, registered abnormalities in electromagnetic frequencies. Another ghost hunter team reported the sound of a dog panting. Um, the most haunted team went into the attic and broke into hysterics when their camera gear malfunctioned and the spirit medium became possessed by a vengeful presence. Wow. Um, so this is a very, very evil place. I actually found a couple of TripAdvisor reviews <laughs> that were interesting. Nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, these are both from this year. Oh my goodness. Uh, one says, I went in February with my ghost busting friends. We were very lucky in that we had a multitude of activity throughout the night. I personally experienced unexplained, unexplained happenings, including the sensation of a moving floor, a cat ball being moved in circles across the palm of my hand, of which I could feel the light sensation of something pushing down slightly on it. And also extreme breathlessness to the extent I could hardly talk. A lamp was thrown at one of our group and several females had the sensation of someone blowing in their face. Our EMF K2 meter also had some insane activity. Overall, this is one very strange place. I cannot explain the events that happened, but will never forget them. This person wrote a review this year, but they actually visited 
when they were 11 years old in 2007 and said, at that time, Mr. Humphreys owned it and gave tours of the house for a fee. He was certainly an odd person to say the least. However, he was very friendly and gladly showed us the most haunted inn in Britain. This is the part that I'm just going to read it because it's just weird. Nothing truly happened, although I did end up with a strange red handprint on my neck. I felt a choking sensation in the attic, and when I got back in the car, my mom noticed hand marks on my throat. This was pretty freaky, but aside from that, nothing weird happened. Wait. I would say that's enough. That's wouldn't you? kind of weird. I mean, I mean I don't know. other than that, it's fine. Other than that, I was whatever. choked by an unseen force, it's but normal. it's fine. It's fine. It's, yeah, it's so fine. Oh, my gosh. It's whatever. It's whatever. I mean, that's enough. That's enough. That's all I need. That would be proof enough that there's something going on. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. So um, there you go. That is the truly terrifying Ancient Ram Inn in Watton Under Edge in Gloucester, England. You can still go and take tours. The daughter, uh, Caroline, will let you come in and take tours oh for a fee. How about no? And you can go check out. I mean, I think it would be kind of cool to see the oldest building yeah. in that that area. I mean, it was freak, it's freaking... 900 years old insane insane i would i would like to see it just for that but i don't know that i'd want to go in any of the rooms i just kind of peek yeah like okay especially the bishop's room that mm -mm. no nope nope too much going on but i mean nothing weird will happen you'll just get choked you'll yeah it's fine weird that's all you might like you know have a, a mounted horseman appear just out of nowhere it's fine though it's fine furniture gets thrown it's whatever this is normal whatever yeah it's fine well that's terrifying Mm -hmm. yeah it is that's a lot in one place it really is yeah i i I just it's creepy it it really is um I can't imagine why his wife and kids. I know. I'm, I'm a little surprised at their lack of loyalty. Um, you know what's scary to me, what? though? Um, some people have been, like investigative teams have been this yeah. year since John died. And they said a lot of the activity is gone. Oh. And you hear people becoming attached to these things. Yeah. And, and see, the that's fact that know. he refused to leave. But his family left, and he stayed all these years. Like, that scares me. Yeah. Like, he was kind of enamored enamored by all of the activity. Yeah. Well, there's something seductive about the darkness, so. Creepy! Yeah. I don't, I wouldn't, I would, I don't know. I don't feel like I would go to The first place, night but. that he spent in that house, or in that inn, and something grabbed his ankle and yanked him out of the I'd bed. Be I'd be yeah. out. I'm like, peace out. Done. I'd be like, look, honey, I know we just spent all this money, but sorry. Here's the thing. <laughs> something pulled me out of bed, so yeah, I'm not not feeling too good about living yeah. here with my kids. Yep. No, I wouldn't have been in there. I don't get no, it. No, I don't understand it either. I really do think that in these situations, it is like something. I don't know. Like, some sort of, like, spiritual warfare happening or something where they you just, like, been brainwashed or something into wanting to stay or something or controlled. Because yeah. I can't think of any reasonable explanation for staying in a place like that. Mm-mm. 
And the fact that he even says he's been raped by a succubus and now he carries his Bible around. I mean, at what point do you decide that that's too much? Right. I mean, why not just leave? Yeah. So, um, there you go. Well, that was terrifying. Crazy. That was... If you're ever over in that part of England. Wow. Go check it out. That was terrifying and disturbing and all the things that we love. Uh, yeah. I'm over here like, holy smokes. <laughs> I knew... A, I know. That's a lot, it is, right? It's a it's lot. It's a lot of stuff. I mean, I knew about some of these things, but I've never, like, looked at all of it before, um... So it's just, it's startling how much is in one place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Need a breather? Maybe a little distraction? No shame. We're spooked too. Here's something you can do in the meantime. Take a minute to rate and review Girls and Ghouls in your favorite podcast app. Every rating and every review helps Girls and Ghouls continue to share haunting stories from around the world. All right, break time's over. It's time to get scary. Well, um, I'm going to bring us home. Like, literally, we're going to come back to the U.S. with a, okay. a story that I, ha- I, I love this story. Um, it's not super terrifying, except for one part. And it's just such an unusual thing. But it's definitely no, uh, it's definitely not, not that, not that story. Oh my gosh. So you can breathe easy, my friends, for a few minutes. So we are going to be going to Preston Castle, which I have heard of so many times, but I've never, ever been interested in it because when I heard Preston Castle and realized that it was in the United States, I was just like not interested because I was like, oh, it's just some random building. It's whatever. And everybody likes to say, castles are haunted. Like, all castles are allegedly haunted, right? I have brushed this yeah. story off time and time again until until I saw what Preston Castle actually is. Um, Preston Castle was originally known as the Preston School of Industries. So it was actually a school. And it is the oldest and most well-known reform school in the United States. Now, I wasn't, I guess I didn't quite have a, a firm understanding about what a reform school was, um, at least in this case, but this was a school for troubled young men, pretty much. Kids who had gotten themselves in trouble and they could not be in, um, in like public facilities, but because of the, the world or the U.S. was trying to clean up their prison system, and this is when you see a lot of the changes in like mental health care facilities early on. Um, they're separating people with mental health issues from prisoners and all of that jazz. They are doing the same thing for kids. Uh, kids that are getting in trouble, they're not putting in regular prisons because they're like, it's inhumane, blah, blah, blah. So they build the Preston School of Industry in Ion. Is that, I think that's how you say it. Ion, California. Sure. It's in we'll Northern California. That. The castle was opened in June of 1894, and they transferred seven wards from San Quentin State Prison. So we've automatically got people living there. Now, 
even though these were prisoners and this was a reform school, this was not a like, you know, a, like a shabby establishment. The boys that lived in Preston School were living in style, okay? This is a 46,000 square foot mansion with 77 rooms, 43 fireplaces, 257 windows overlooking the foothills, a tower on each side, gargoyles in the hallways, um, beautiful sandstone exterior, and it's done in a very Romanesque revival architectural style. This is a beautiful, beautiful castle. Um, the boys that lived in Preston Castle were between the ages of 7 and 18, and they spent a lot of their time there being kids, pretty much. It, I mean, that's how it started. You know, they were supposed to be able to be kept safe and kept, you know, keep others safe from them because a lot of these were very troubled young men. Um, but they spent their time playing tennis. They had a 7,000 book library. Um, the more chill of the boys were even allowed to live in little cottages that like surrounded the castle and uh, they learned things that like trades that were acceptable. And these were the kids who got in trouble for like burglarizing homes and um, hot wiring early vehicles and stuff like that. Um, they had to, you know, they had to learn things like gardening and farming and stuff. Um, and one of the prized things there was a beautiful rose garden that the boys had all put together. This sounds so idealistic, right? That, I mean, just thinking about it, you're like, oh my gosh, this is perfect. Um, except that that was kind of all a ruse. <laughs> That's not what was actually happening in this school. I mean, as part of it, but, uh, the reason that most of the boys were so agreeable is because they were, uh, subjected to very harsh punishments for anything that they did wrong. And that was made very, uh, like, they knew this right from the beginning. So, uh, in the very beginning, as soon as a boy would arrive or boys would arrive, cause they would come in groups. It was never like a single child. They would pull groups of children out of prisons and wards and whatnot. Uh, they were immediately checked in to a, like the medical facility part of the castle because they were super, super worried about germs apparently. So they came in through a side door, had their heads shaved immediately, and then they were stripped naked and led into a pool of harsh chemicals. Um, with only a pole to support them, they had to walk with their head underwater about six feet from one end of the pool to the other uh, to get rid of any potential pests. Oh my God. Yeah. Awful. They called it the cattle dip because it was like the same kind of stuff that you would use on cattle um, to get rid of like fleas and ticks and whatnot. Um, most of the boys, because of the conditions they had lived in prior, which seemed, I mean, that's why Preston Castle seemed better, I guess. Most of these boys had like severely open sores and infections and just lots of problems. Um, the pain of the chemical on good healthy skin was incredible okay the pain of the chemical on open sores was excruciating um a lot of the younger boys did go into shock afterwards and ended up very sick and some ended up dying oh my god um 
if the boys did anything that was against the rules, and the rules were often very um, flex, they would change, so nobody really could keep up with the rules, uh, the boys were severely punished in they would be beaten, whipped, and then thrown into solitary confinement. It was really, really awful. And these are how old? Are Between these seven and eighteen. Oh my god! These are children. Yeah. Um, in nineteen eighteen, the flu epidemic uh, affected over half of the Preston staff and a third of the boys. Um, those who didn't get the flu ended up dealing with uh, tuberculosis or the effects of addiction to opium, alcohol, or heroin. So there's a period of time where everybody is really, really sick and they start having like organ failure and they need operations. The doctors start doing surgeries on the floor. Now, obviously, this is not a clean way to do surgeries. You don't do operations on the floor. Um, and it wasn't until much later that they started to go, hey, maybe we should get some gurneys to do these things. But kids were getting sick and they were dying from that. This is about the point when boys are, like, ready to leave. They want to they wanna get away, obviously. Escapist attempts started to happen pretty much every single week. And when an escape would happen, a horn would sound. And when um, a Preston boy had escaped, they would have, like, a, a town-wide and school-wide manhunt. You would get $10 if you brought the kid back. That way you would get a reward. Ten whole dollars. Ten whole dollars. So people were like, yes, and they would. And then the kids would be severely, severely beaten. The children were also um, raped by one another and by the wards. Mm. Um, just a lot of really bad things happening there. Now, I did go through. I can't, I'm not going to go into everything that happened to the kids just because it's so awful. Like, I can't even... Um, but there was, let's see, there's someone who lived there. Um, he's still alive before it closed. He lived there. He was, he's a musician. I forget his name, but I apparently didn't write it down because his story was particularly terrible. Um, but he lived there and he actually has a tattoo to, uh, kind of memorialize him leaving because he said he, he doesn't want to talk about it anymore because of how bad the things were when he mm. was there. Really, really awful things. So outside of what happened to the children, a lot, of, a lot of bad things happened to the staff as well. And those are the stories that I'm going to kind of dig into a little bit here just because I just don't feel comfortable talking about little kids. I don't yeah, know. I get it. Um, no, it's terrible. It's awful. So uh, in March of 1911, there was a really bad argument between two of the wards, John and Floyd, and it turned into a physical fight. They get into this fist fight in the hall. Apparently, though, just like punching each other in the face wasn't enough. And um, John decides to slit Floyd's throat. Yes. Yeah, it was super awesome. So he was charged with assault with a deadly weapon with an intent to commit murder. And the, um, the man, um, Floyd, was able to be saved. He received several stitches to his throat but did survive and continued working there. And was a little, like, demented afterwards. Shortly after that, Frank Pimentel stabbed a 14-year-old ward. Robert Robertson was his name. Robert Robertson? Robert Robertson. 
they apparently had misspelled the kid's name. And Frank Pimentel thought he was someone else. And he was getting revenge for something. So he went and he he stabbed this kid. At some point, at some point during the investigation of this, people start to question why there was someone that age that was like in charge of, because I guess he had originally been a ward and then he just started working there or something. Mm-hmm. Um, why he was allowed to be with the younger kids like that. Wait, he had been a ward or he had been? He was a ward and then he was a staff member. Okay. And then he killed one of the wards whose name gotcha. had been misspelled. It wasn't even the right person. Which I'm sorry, but how do you misspell Robert Robertson? Uh, so the misspelling was they put Robinson instead of Robertson. Okay. So they thought it was, yeah. It, I mean, it's still, like, weird. After A few years after that, um, a ward was attacked, and then he attempted to murder a guard, Thomas Dooley. Ray Baker was choking Dooley to death. He was able to reach for his pistol and shot Baker, and it fatally wounded him. Um, He died within 10 minutes of arriving to the hospital to be, you know, they tried to save him. Um, The guard was, I mean, they dropped all charges. They were just like, well, you were attacked. They They don't know what started the argument, but from the way the stories are told, it was the guard's fault. Like, he started, he did something to the kid, and the kid retaliated. Mm-hmm. Um, but the kid died. Ernest Booth stayed there. He talks about all of the horrible sexual abuse of the boys. He, write, he wrote a whole book on it. And then he also talked about how the older boys would take advantage of the younger boys. And then when the older wards, or the older, um, not wards, the older members of the staff would find out what, was hap- what would happen, they would take all of the children into the basement set them on benches in the dark for several hours. They would deprive them of any sort of like con- like contact or um, sensory stuff. So it's like a sensory deprivation thing just on a budget. Um, and then he would come in and preach to them about how awful they were, but he would also walk around naked while he was doing it. So he's just a, a generally sick, sick person. And then the Sounds most famous, like yeah, the most famous story from uh, from the school is of a cook. Um, there was a young woman, Anna Corbin, and she was a cook at the school, and she was found dead in a storeroom wrapped in a rug. She'd been severely beaten and had a rope tied around her neck. Um, she was actually locked in the room, though which is something that they found odd because they still don't know who killed her. They just know that she was killed and then she was locked in a room that only staff members would have access to. No one was charged in her murder. They did investigate all of the wards. They investigated the staff, but nothing. Eventually the school was closed. There are some conflicting dates about when it was closed. It's still open to go to like and visit and stuff, but it's not like a reform school. But this place has some bad juju, obviously. Most of it is what you would expect from a place like this. Lots of cold spot, lots of, you know, orbs and lights that don't want to stay on or off. Um, But you also hear knocking on the walls. And if you ask the knocking to repeat itself or you knock in response, the knock will knock back at you. And there will be no one there to do it. If you go into the kitchen, you will hear and smell eggs frying in a pan. 
And yeah, that's, I thought that was kind of an interesting thing because it's not something that you would think you would hear, but you can hear them cooking. Hmm. Electronics will malfunction. They will just break. They will stop working. Batteries will drain. And there's no reason for that. There have been teams that have gone out and they've been scratched, beaten, shoved downstairs. Uh, not good things. Zach Douchebaggins was there. That's his official new name, guys. Thank you, Steve, for name. that. Thank you, Steve. Uh, he was there, and he he did his come at me bro thing, and he ended up possessed, apparently, while mm-hmm. he was in Preston Castle. They ended up capturing a lot of EVPs while they were there, um, people asking them, like, why, or let us out. Uh, There's even men humming songs, which I thought was strange. Mm-hmm. Like, someone's, like, humming while they work. Um, they've heard growling. In the EVPs. Ooh, I don't like that. I don't like growling. Just lots of weird things like that. But that's not why I decided to do this story. Um, because there are a lot of places where you can see and hear that stuff. I chose to do this story because of the bell tower. Because there is a girl that lives in the bell tower named Emily. And Emily, they don't know why she's there. They've gone in and they've done, uh, they've had her talk to them on like the ghost box. That's how they know her name is Emily. She doesn't like people coming to the bell tower. And when you walk into the bell tower, it'll get immediately ice cold. And you'll hear a voice whisper to you to leave. Now, a lot of people have gone into the bell tower and people that don't know each other, they're there for like tours because this is owned by like a historical foundation now. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people maintain that nothing bad happened in the Preston. Nothing bad happened here. So they go to see like the beautiful architecture and the history and everything. And so many famous, you know, individuals had apparently done time there that came out to be respectable members of society. So they go to see that, but they'll go into this room and they'll experience this, uh, this cold anger and they want to leave and they'll feel things kind of touch their shoulders as if like you should go like trying to guide them out of the room if you don't leave though emily will show herself but emily doesn't show herself like other entities do emily will appear on the wall and Emily has arms that are too long for her body, and she's wearing what looks like a beat-up hospital gown, and her hair kind of hangs in her face, and she'll look at you, and you'll only be able to see one icy blue eye, and when she looks at you, apparently, it's like paralyzing. It's like you feel this immense fear come over you, and you can't move, and when you don't move, Emily quickly turns around, flips on her back, hands and feet on the wall, turns her head completely around so that she's still looking at you, and then chases you out of the room. This has been told, that story has been told by so many people that don't know anything about each other, that don't believe in, you know, or or don't believe in spirits. Um, They believe after that. And they cannot explain it. They don't know who Emily is. They don't know why she's there. 
but she is there and it's to the point that they don't like to let people up in the bell tower anymore because people end up changed from it like it scares them so badly that they just don't function right afterwards because there's just something about her that is wrong obviously 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 and this is the first time i've ever read a story with a a a spirit or entity that will chase you from a room she doesn't leave the room she's nowhere else and she doesn't want you in there and she'll give you fair warning before she does anything but you don't want to come face to face with her. good gracious that's horrible that is the worst thing i've ever read that is terrifying Mm -hmm. i never want to be in that room um, but you can, you can go be in that, you, you can go there, you can ask them if they'll let you in the bell tower. They don't really like to let people go because, I mean, you take it, you, you take your life into your own hands, I suppose. Uh, but the Preston Castle is now owned by the Preston Castle Foundation. They do, uh, they do do some tours. They do like historical tours and they are very, very protective of the like integrity of the history of that. They don't want anybody like tainting it. They're like, no, this place was a magical, beautiful place. Um, but the living members of the, of, of that school have a different story to tell. And there is a reason why Emily is there. And it's a reason that nobody wants to talk about, I feel like, because one of the things that everyone will agree with is that it doesn't matter where you are in the school, this all boys reform school, you just hear women screaming all the time. Mm -hmm. And then there's Emily who doesn't make any sense, who somehow ended up there and really hates people. So that's the story of the Preston Castle in California and Emily. That's horrific Mm -hmm. in every way. Mm -hmm. I I don't love it. I'm going to do, but I would never of all the entities to come toe to toe with Emily ain't one. No. I would want to. I feel to. like she's kind of like the from The Grudge. Ugh. Do you remember that? Yes. Scene? Yes. Oh, God almighty. Gross. That's one of Ew. the scariest movies to me. The Grudge? Yes. Yeah, that's a terrifying movie. It's a terrifying movie. Mostly because of the sound that the thing makes, like, in I the know. stairwell and, like, in the yeah. bed. And, oh, Jesus. Oh, I don't even like thinking about it. I saw that when I was in high school, right? Mm, like early awful. high school, a giant weenie baby. And I watched it with my mom and I was scared to death. And they cut the lights in the room. And then I think there's a child at my door. Cut the lights to the room and then sat outside the door while holding the doorknob. And my sister sat there making that noise. I, like, almost cried. That's awful. I, was so scared. I know. That's like, torture. Terrible, terrible pranks on me. Terrible Marley pranks. Have you ever seen the original? Like, the Japanese version or Chinese version? No. Oh, my God. It's so much scarier. No, thank you. <laughs> I don't like it. It's awful. Marley what? thinks it's funny to make that noise randomly. It's not funny. It's not funny. It's but not, yet, she's like too it. scared to watch any of these movies with me. So. Well, that's why she can make fun of it. Because mm-hmm. she's never seen it. No, if she like, saw she it, won't she'd be, watch. Mm-mm. She won't watch Paranormal Activity. I've tried to get her to watch that with me a thousand That's, times. And she mm, will not do it. Mm-mm. <laughs> no, she's smart on that one. It's scary. But she's got to watch The Grudge. 
Yeah, don't if she watch watches, any of these with me either. If she watches The Grudge, she would understand my fear. And then she wouldn't yeah. be able to make fun of me anymore. Yeah. It's terrifying. Yeah. It is. I'm always trying to get my husband to watch these movies with me, but he doesn't like scary movies at all. He's um, a weenie. He is. He just doesn't like it. He's like, I don't know. He's just not into it. Um, I got him to watch Crimson Peak with me, and that was as close to a scary movie I could get him to watch. But I don't know that one. What? Oh, my gosh. It's so good. It's kind of romantic. It's really scary. It's the okay, guy we'll who watch did. watch it when you come visit. Yeah, you'll love it. <laughs> you it's like Tom, how I throw that in there? Tom like, every episode, I'm like, come yes. visit. Yeah, we're going to have to watch it. Oh, Tom it Hiddleston is in it? Okay. He's in I'll it. Watch and, it. Hi- and, and it's one of my favorites because there's like a naughty scene. <laughs> and uh, the uh, girl was supposed to be like naked and she was really uncomfortable with it, you know? Like the and actress he, was? Yeah. And it's the girl oh. that plays Alice in Alice in Wonderland. Okay. And she didn't want to do it. And he was like, you know, if someone has to, if we have to have some nudity, he's like, I mean, I will do it. Let her be a lady and I will do it. And I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's see that booty, booty. <laughs> You're so bad. <laughs> no, it was really funny. He's got a, it's, well, it's always funny to see boy butts because they look the same as they do as children. Boy butts just never change. But is it really his butt though? Because a lot of people it's use his butt. butt doubles. No, it was his butt. He talks about Can it. you he imagine that like being your job? That. Like, what do you do? I'm a I'm butt a butt double. double. <laughs> 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 I had a weird dream a couple weeks ago that I was a stand-in for Sam Neill. Or Sam, is that his name? Sam Neill? Sam O'Neill? The guy in Jurassic Park. Oh. I don't know why. But in the dream, you that's were, what I did. You were I was stand-in? his double. <laughs> yeah, I was his double. Okay. It's <laughs> like, right. I don't think this is going to work, guys. I think they'll know it's me. <laughs> no, it's perfect. Jump off that chair. It's like, okay. Hilarious. He's too old to jump off chairs now? All right. <laughs> it's a weird dream. Yeah. So, That's yeah. Weird. It was. <laughs> it was. All That's right, all guys. That. Well, we've come to the end. You know what that means. That means it's time for you to give us a five-star rating. Give us an awesome review and share it on instagram and tag us at girls and ghouls so we can share the spooky love with you amen yeah that was these both of these were awful yours was pretty awful yours was worse than mine yours was pretty awful too i thought it was pretty chill i tried to keep things low key except for emily just that emily's just now that's why i chose the story (laughs) i was like ah emily no that's horrible The whole like turning her head around. I don't like it. It's the eyeball thing that gets me too. Yeah. Where they just it's like one eyeball. It's not as scary when I do it. (laughs) Look look at my one eyeball. Are you scared? (laughs) Scared? That's it. All right. Well, stay spooky, guys. See ya. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Girls and Ghouls. Don't forget to subscribe to Girls and Ghouls on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. If you enjoyed the show, leave us a five-star review or tell us how scared you were on social media. You can tag us with hashtag Girls and Ghouls or tag us at Girls and Ghouls. Until next time, stay scared, friends.